Welcome to the ICANN Podcast, the podcast of the Indiana Catholic Conference. The Indiana Catholic Conference is the official public policy voice of the Catholic bishops of Indiana. Welcome back to the ICANN Podcast. This is Alexander. And Angela. And we have a sort of special episode this time. We're going to talk about faithful citizenship. And this is part of getting close to November 8th and Election Day. And back in 2020, the ICC did a po- uh, not a podcast, the ICC did a webinar on faithful citizenship. And rather than a webinar this year, we decided to do a, a brief podcast episode to revisit some of the themes of faithful citizenship and talk about the document Forming Consciences for Faithful Citizenship. What this will not be, we will not be telling you who to vote for. We will not be giving a list of candidates, Catholic or otherwise, who we endorse or oppose. And you should not be seeing that in your churches either. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, We encourage you to do research and use some of the tenets that we're going to talk about later when you review candidates, issues, positions, and policies to make your decision. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start by talking about what is faithful citizenship, because I think when we hear that term, it's it can be sort of nebulous if we don't understand it. And uh, I think that the church has a lot to, to offer, uh, principles that, that fall within this concept. So, Angela, when you think about faithful citizenship, how do, how do you describe it? What do you, what do you think faithful citizenship is? I think faithful citizenship relies on a person being engaged in the public forum. And right now I can hear people saying, well, politics and religion shouldn't mix. Mm-hmm. Well, no. The basics of faithful citizenship say that we have a duty and a responsibility to bring our faith, which will then in turn bring morality into the public space. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the next component of that is that it's rooted in our baptismal call as Christians, as followers of, of Christ. And something the church says is that participating in, in politics participating in the public forum is part of the church's evangelizing mission. And I think we often want to separate those things, the uh, the church's evangelizing mission and politics. But I think we recognize that without some understanding of of our Christian principles in politics, there, there wouldn't be any basis for, for morality. Um, so we, at some point we have to have the courage to offer that uh, as a foundation for the policies that we're talking about. And that's what we try to do in, in the Catholic conference when we go down to the state house and talk to legislators. Exactly. I'm going to read just a couple sentences from the document from the U.S. bishops. It's Forming Consciences for Faithful Citizenship. And in describing the document itself, in the document, they say this statement highlights the role of the church in the formation of conscience and the corresponding moral responsibility 
of each Catholic to hear, receive, and act upon the Church's teachings in the lifelong task of forming his or her own conscience. And that's the end of the quote. So I, I wanted to bring that up because what the bishops are, are talking about here it, within faithful citizenship is this lifelong responsibility to form your conscience. And to me, that sounds a lot like our the, the universal call to holiness, our lifelong uh, desire, our lifelong cultivation of our relationship with Christ. So I kind of like how those, those things are, are almost equated there and how the formation of our conscience to hear, receive, and act upon the church's teaching is a lifelong process. And if we don't bring that to the public forum, then how can we then exercise and, and be and stand firm on Catholic social teaching? Mm-hmm. Because Catholic social teaching, those things, so many areas of politics and positions in politics will affect those areas. So if we try to keep them separate, then we do a disservice to other people who can't and won't or aren't able to speak up for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned Catholic social teaching. That same paragraph that I was reading from goes on to say that foremost among the teachings when it's talking about the teachings that we're what we're supposed to mold our, our conscience to and, and learn about this lifelong process, the foremost of those teachings are the principles of Catholic social doct- doctrine or Catholic social teaching. And uh, those those principles, the, the, the main um, principles that they talk about in this document are the dignity of the human person, solidarity, subsidiarity, and the common good. And we can kind of break those out into other areas as well. But those areas, we recognize, don't always fit neatly into a political category, into a, a candidate at a given time. And I think that's why the church doesn't offer or endorse specific candidates throughout the, the election cycle. Because we recognize that while maybe one or two things may align with a candidate's position. We recognize that very few candidates, if any, are going to align perfectly with all of the principles the church talks about. And so if we were, if you think about it, if we were to endorse a specific candidate and said, this is a good person to vote for, how are we compromising any of those principles that they don't fully align with? And I think that's the, uh, the frustration and maybe the tension that when we're talking about faithful citizenship, People would ask us, well, who am I supposed to vote for? And I think it's this, there's a tension that's inherent to this that we have to wrestle with. If we're voting for a candidate for one or two reasons, we also need to keep that candidate accountable to the, the one or two reasons why we're not voting for them. And how, how do we do that maybe beyond our vote for them? Yeah. Well, I think first and foremost... Um People have to remember that candidates are people, and as people, no one's perfect. Mm-hmm. No one is, no mortal being is perfect. And so I think it's unrealistic to think that you're going to find a candidate who aligns 
completely with with your beliefs um i dare say if there was a candidate who did they probably wouldn't be in politics <laughs> they would probably maybe be a bishop or a pope even <laughs> if they fully understood all of the tenets of catholic social teaching and were trying their very best to live by them they probably wouldn't be in politics so that said then how do you discern to decide who you're going to vote for and we can't tell you how to do that that's something that you have to decide after being prayerful after becoming educated and hopefully after becoming involved mm -hmm. and and i think that's a good point I, I think one of the the keys in all of this is recognizing that the principles the church gives us in our moral convictions should guide our activity in the public forum more than attachment to a political party or to an interest group. This is from one of the, the paragraphs of this document. And, uh, and I quote here this next sentence, when necessary, our participation should help transform the party to which we belong. We should not let the, the party transform us in such a way that we neglect or deny fundamental for moral truths or approve intrinsically evil acts. You know, that makes me think um, everything that's happened in the state with the special session and the pro-life legislation that came as a result, there may be some people that think they don't need to vote. If they've been praying for Roe v. Wade to be overturned, for the state to do, some, you know, fall in line with now um, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, that they don't need to do anything. But there are so many issues out there that still relate to the dignity of the person. Um, every year um, there is a bill for physician-assisted suicide. Um, we still have a death penalty here in Indiana. Um, there are still systems that are rampant with racism. Um, Indiana made the national news when someone was trying to sell a home and because it was an African-American woman, it was appraised at much lower than when her friend, a white male, was in it. So there's a lot of work to be done still um, as it relates to respecting the dignity of the person and so many other issues that you know go to the common good um, and respect for workers and welcoming you know immigrants. And so I would hope that people still want to be engaged even though there was they, they might see it as having a victory of sorts already. Mm -hmm. I saw something, um, a, a sign in a yard um, that said, vote your hopes, not your fear. And my grandmother used to say, fear can't exist where faith is. And so I'd like to think that we are a faithful people and that we would vote our faith and not our fear. We, so if we're, we're gonna be voting next week if you haven't voted already. And you can early vote. Right. You can. And uh, we've got some resources on our website. So one thing I'd, I'd recommend anybody listening, our, our whole ICANN network, 
to do, uh, part of this responsibility of being a faithful citizen is knowing knowing who you're voting for and what they stand for. And it's not our job at the Catholic Conference to, to tell you, as we've said many times, who to vote for. But you can go on the Indiana Voters uh, website and you can pull up ahead of time who is going to be on your ballot. And you can go to each individual candidate's website. And I think that is part of this Prayerf- prayerful discernment of looking and seeing what what is this role? Uh, is it the state treasurer? Is it the secretary of state? Is it our um, U.S. senator? Whoever it is, what is that role going to be doing? And then how is this person and their platform? Um, what are they saying they're going to do about it? How does it align with the principles of our faith? So all of these things have to be weighed in discernment. And we encourage people to take enough time you know, you don't have to you don't have to devote a whole week to it, but you can devote a, a, a prudent amount of time to praying with that and and asking the Lord to guide you in your discernment. In addition to our website, um, there's also Ballotpedia, and mm-hmm. you can put in your address, and then it'll tell you who's specifically on your ballot. There are a lot of resources out there, and so we encourage you to. Not just go by name recognition or the number of signs you saw in a yard, but actually do some work and find out who you might be voting for. Yeah, great. So go on our website and there's a there's a page that has voting information. That's a good place to start. It also has a link to the online version of this document that we've been talking about, Forming Consciousness for Faith. It's a week away. And then after the election, we encourage you to stay involved. You know, if the candidate you voted for won, follow that candidate and see if he or she is living up to their campaign promises. Or if there's something that you think needs to be addressed, maybe you can write that lawmaker and, and suggest, you know, how a problem can be solved. Um, there are so many ways to be engaged in the public forum other than just voting on election day. And we encourage you to go to our website and consider how you can stay engaged beyond election day. And that's all we have for this episode of the ICANN podcast on faithful citizenship. Thank you for tuning in today. Let's keep one another in prayer as we approach the election and also as we gear up for the Indiana General Assembly in 2023. God bless you.